Okay, this is for real. This yeah. time we mean it. This is for real. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the title of some song? I uh-huh. don't know. I feel like that's that was... a Motion City soundtrack song. Oh, okay. This is for real. Yeah, I this figured it would be it would be something. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Madeline and I recorded something earlier, and it was super cute. Yeah. We stopped it and sort of paused it, and then we Caitlin lost it. ruined everything because Madeline told me exactly what to do, and I did it. So. Accurate. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I actually ruined everything, yeah. which is cool. That's but my usual. Boiling it down, Madeline and I have a date on Thursday with each <sighs> other. I'm so excited. Actually, today at work today, um, we were all talking about our dating lives, and one of the girls in the office joking that was like, "Maybe you're a closet lesbian, and like that's why you like don't go on dates that often." And she's like in the same position, so I was like, I was totally cool with her saying that, and I was like, "Maybe I am a secret lesbian. That would explain so much." And this other girl was like. I think we're all just secret lesbians, and it's just a matter of embracing our inner lesbian. And I was like, oh, I love I that. I love that, too. <laughs> so. Um, at Honey show, honey, honey Shows, I definitely embrace my secret lesbian because I really have feelings for her. Oh. I love her so much. Good girlfriends are like, what life is all about, you know? You know? They really, really is, yeah. <laughs> also, you're not afraid of being, like, murdered or raped by a woman, usually. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I've watched eleven seasons of Criminal Minds. I'll vouch for that statement. Yeah, yeah. Usually, women are less sadistic. There's usually no sexual component, and when they kidnap children, it's usually babies because they want to replace their own children. So, which brings us to the book discussion. <gasps> wow, that was an like segue. I didn't even plan. You're just so prophetic my transitions are being worked on in all of my writing classes so this is good i hate all of my writing classes oh yeah uh everything is terrible oh yeah (laughs) today professor one of my professors is like so how is everything and nobody responded he's like yeah life's just the same as always is like yep everything is terrible but at least it's consistent (laughs) so we're all good (laughs) oh that's rad yeah before we get going um this is still like going super loud on me there we go that's better um our mics have been having a little bit of an issue lately but we're doing our best we we really are um before we get going the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are entirely our own and do not reflect the views and opinions of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints or brigham young university with which it affiliates i feel like there needs to come a point where like um schoolhouse rock we create a like a melody a song for that so yeah like i'm just a boo yeah mm-hmm. but about about our podcast so anybody musicians out there if you're if you're interested i also think the fact that it's loud is because it's picking up me as well so okay. don't so worry about we'll it figure it out Hello. we're working on our technical issues because some douchebags were in here before us and totally screwed up our mics yeah and they go over on their time Wait. I don't know what it is with those people. Which we did last, like, yes. on Thursday, which is why our new episode was not posted. Yeah, so you're going to get two today. You're so lucky. Woo! Okay. Which I guess will make up for us not being here on Thursday, since we're going to be at a concert. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, and we're today we're going to talk about chapters 10, 11, and 12. Do you want to recap what happens in chapter 10? Sure. So, in chapter 10, we um, find out that the police are raiding Jared's home. And there's really, like, no clear reason why. Um, But 
uh, our main character, Linda, goes over there to see what she can do to help. She ends up taking Kelly, Jared, and Carrie's daughter back to her house where she has a conversation with Kelly. Um, Kelly says some things that um, are very interesting. She kind of gives insight into Jared and Carrie's relationship and also what happened about the night Carrie disappeared. Um, apparently, uh, her mom was dropped out of a car somewhere where there were no lights and it was dark and it was cold. Um, and her mom didn't say goodbye or said goodbye to Carrie or said goodbye to Kelly, but didn't say goodbye to her dad. Um, and so we don't really know where Carrie is, um, but we are definitely thinking that Jared has something to do with her disappearance because he sounds really creepy. But Jared is demoted to a person of interest rather than a suspect at the end of the chapter, meaning that they don't think he was responsible, but they're not really sure. Right. And one thing that we were talking about as we were reading, because Madeline and I are adorable and we read out loud to each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're like a romantic comedy. <laughs> we basically are. We should just get married. Um, <laughs> nope, because then we'll be apostate. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. And our children wouldn't be allowed to be baptized. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be nixing that idea then. Yeah, so nope, sorry. <laughs> sorry, very, you were saying? That was a very brief proposal. I hope you're not offended. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Like we talked about before, you're not a fan of like planned proposals, so I oh, would expect yeah. nothing more from you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, um, Kate Eba at uh, this theater. Oh, um, we were just thinking because there's like a clue this heavy so early on in the book, like Kelly basically saying like, yeah, my mom wasn't saying anything mm-hmm. and my dad told me to like to be asleep mm-hmm. and then he dropped her off like at a place with no lights and like no other cars or yeah. anything like in the middle of the night. So, I mean, that obviously like is a red, like neon flashing sign. And to, like, could be a red herring. <laughs> it could definitely be a red herring. That reminds me of a Phineas and Ferb episode where they are looking for Buford's goldfish. No, 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 not Buford's goldfish. They're going to look at the the lake nose monster. Uh-huh. And they, like, get their submarine into the into the lake, and they're like, oh, look, a red herring. Let's follow it and see where it leads. <laughs> and I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> that show is so, um, that show's so good and so clever. Oh, I love it. Um, ooh, I have to tell Pat, because um, we were hanging out last night, but the time before we hung out, like, so two times ago, um, he made the comment that every single time we hang out, I mention Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. In some shape or capacity. My study abroad, like, peers were really upset with me because literally there's a Phineas and Ferb episode to go with every situation. There's like 101 episodes, so, or 99 episodes, so there's a lot of stuff to work with. Yeah, exactly. And, but last night I totally didn't talk about Phineas and Ferb, so... <sighs> So that needs to be recognized you and appreciated. Me. Well, I mean, the fact that I'm sure Pat like, appreciated shamed, it, but shamed me for like talking so much about Phineas and Ferb. Though I did talk about Hamilton. Okay, respect, respect, and, restored. Yeah, <laughs> because um, I taught Sunday school on Sunday. Yeah, I saw your Facebook status about including Hamilton lyrics in your lesson. How did I that go? Did. It went really well. Um, what were you teaching on? Uh, testifying in the face of, like, or testifying of Christ, even in the face of, like, trials and adversity. It was about Paul's, like, you know, testimonies and stuff when he was beaten and, like, put in prison and bound and all that stuff. And I, like, was immediately concerned when I, like, saw the topic that, like, oh my gosh, people are gonna, like, talk about how they, like, testified about, like, 
the change in church doctrine. Even though, like, people were, like, saying negative things and blah, 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 blah. And so I, like, didn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So, like, I got up when I started the lesson and I, like, explained, like, what the lesson was about. Mm -hmm. And I said, um... I said, I thought about putting a list of, like, taboo topics on the board, um, but I decided not to be a dictator, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, so, um, when you know, when you're making your comments, let's just all remember to be compassionate and sensitive to, like, the struggles that other people mm-hmm. are going through, and I left it at that, and nobody brought up the policy. Interesting. Yeah. See, we had, we had our policy, we had the policy brought up in my Sunday school lesson, I was at, I was in my parents' ward, okay. um, but it was done, like, really respectfully, and she was, anyway, like, she was asking, me and my sister are pretty much the only, like, young people in the ward that go to Sunday school, and so she was asking us, like, she's like, I know my kids were having a really difficult time with the announcement, and, like, social media was really hard for them, and I, like, raised my hand and talked about how, I was like, yeah, this policy change has been really difficult for me, and I'm, like, working through a lot of feelings, and it was really hard for me to, like, see people on both sides of the issue being really hostile so it was it was I appreciated that she fostered a space for us to talk about our issues without being judged so and she came and like chatted with me afterwards and I don't know I just really like her she's awesome um I have a friend who compared like bearing your testimony of the policy to like bearing your testimony of the three-hour block as in like supporting the three-hour block like that's say that one more time like that the three-hour block is, like, divinely, you know, like, it's a policy, and it's, it was a change mm-hmm. that was made, but it, is it doctrinal? Is it, like, eternal? Yeah. You know? You know? I, think, I think what's, if people are going to bear their testimony about anything regarding the policy, I think perhaps bearing your testimony about the importance of family and God's plan, um, because... I'm still struggling with the policy change. Yeah. Still working through it. And I, I think that's okay to admit and it's okay to talk about. Um, but I do know that the family is important to how we, to like who we are as people. So I, I can get behind that. So, although I did read a very interesting article about the protecting the fair or defending the family um, and things like that. So, and how they were not in support of that. And I kind of appreciated it, but. Yeah, I don't think the policy necessarily protects or defends families because I'm, I've, like, saw, like, two, you know, gay members a couple weeks ago, like, tell their stories on Center Street. Mm-hmm. And both of them seemed like they were, like, dedicated and would have wanted to raise their children in the church, mm-hmm. even though they weren't going to be able to purchase, you know, yeah. take of the blessings because they were, you know, in gay relationships mm-hmm. or whatever. But, like, the church still means a lot to them. And yeah. they wanted that for their kids. And it's, like, that that is discrimination against them. And it wouldn't mm-hmm. have broken up their family because they no. would support their children mm-hmm. in the church. And that's the yeah. thing that, like, bothers me is, like, heterosexual couples can fornicate and, like, mm-hmm. you know, fly in the face of, you know, traditional family values. But their kids can yeah. get blessed and baptized. Yeah, and, and I saw, and I don't know if this is accurate because, of course, things on the internet can be fabricated, uh-huh. but they had taken a screenshot from the the church handbook where it said it was the difference between things that may need church discipline and things that require church discipline. And under the things that require church discipline was, like, actively apostatizing, so, like, 
preaching against the doctrine of the church, joining another church and like actively like living that faith. And, and then it was also like engaging in um, a homosexual relationship. But things that may need church discipline included murder, rape, like spousal abuse. I was like, Heavens. Oh my gosh. And I think that's sad because I personally believe that God thinks it's worse for you to kill or rape someone than to be married to a person who has matching genitalia. But maybe that's just my personal opinion. Right. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, is that like heterosexual adultery, we're told in the scriptures, is second only to murder. Mm-hmm. But I guess murder is second only to, to homosexual. But it's okay. Uh, I'm taking a deep breath. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, relying on the things that you do know when portions of your faith are shaken. We talked in, we were talking in our, um, in our church, our Sunday school lesson about keeping your contact directly with the Lord, and not letting yourself be swayed by people talking about it. And so I think that's where I have come to rest on the matter is that I believe in God. I don't necessarily believe in this policy, but I believe that he loves his children. And so ultimately things are going to work out even if they're not working out right now. Right. So hopefully that hopefully that makes sense. Right. So I believe that God loves the gays. Yeah. Surprisingly yeah. enough, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Seriously, if any of our listeners out there are not heterosexual, please know that we love you. And there are lots of people that love you. Yes. So that's the thing that's so hard is like that could be so I mean the policy and just what it means for their future could be so crushing Mm -hmm. you know to somebody who's struggling with that yeah and it makes me worry because they might think well what's the point yeah my parents bishop we're actually is actually doing like a fifth sunday type meeting next sunday this coming sunday to talk about the policy change like he we did this back when um what was another thing that they had us talk about in in sunday school it was over the summer i can't remember um, I don't know. I know in my stake, like every quarter we have like a chastity slash masturbation lesson. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It was like a letter from the church that was oh. encouraged to be like talked about in wards. I can't remember what it was though. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know. But like, and it was great because I don't remember. I, oh, I, it was something about like gay. Oh, it was right after gay marriage had been legalized in all 50 states. They like oh. had, they said like in your church meetings, like come and talk. And so it was like great. We had a really good discussion. Like people in the ward were like, I have a gay son, like, and I love him and his partner, but it's like, you know, and talking about how we're not to judge other people. And it was, it was great. Like we had an actual discussion because I heard about a lot of wards. People just kind of like read the letter and went on their merry way. So I actually like am applauding this bishop for creating a space where people can talk about this and kind of like raise issues and ask questions to like the bishop who's the leader of the ward about like what this is going to be i was like that's a that's a good way to go about it so right instead of like i love my bishop and he hasn't said anything too ridiculous but like my stake president has in my singles order now oh dear Um, you've told me stories about the stake president before and i'm not a huge fan yeah he like once like said that it would be better to have, like, a child die mm-hmm. than, like, have a child be, like, engaged to, like, a member of the same sex. As a parent, I think I would feel differently. And I feel sorry for her kids if that's how he feels. <laughs> so, oh, you know. But God loves everybody, regardless of who you love. So, yeah. Indeed. Message of love right there. Yep. Okay, so that was chapter 10. <laughs>
I just sent a G chat while you're podcasting. I am so We're multi- multitasking. Yeah. That's all good. Um, Eva of this year. Oh, so yeah. So Kelly was chatting with Linda. Mm-hmm. They made brownies. It was cute. Um, and she was just trying to get some information out of Kelly in a nonchalant manner. Right. So. Right. And Jared seems like a real douchebag. Yes, he does. In my, in my humble opinion. I am H.O. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. All right. So chapter 11 starts with um, the Linda's family having like a big monthly family dinner where all mm-hmm. her sons come and like the couple who are married. Um, she has two sons who are married. Right. One. The daughters-in-law yeah. come. Yeah. Um, and so that's like fine. And then. She chats with Kurt about what she found out from Kelly, and he kind of dismisses it, mm-hmm. you know, because Kelly may have remembered things wrong or gotten things confused the different night, mm-hmm. and you can't really take, like, a five-year-old's testimony of yeah. something happening, which I agree with to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly, I think, like, testimony from children that young, because, like, they change stories in their head all yeah. the time. yeah. Um, Even I at 20, like, get confused about what I dreamed and what is real. Not in the sense that, like, I don't know if I'm dreaming or if I'm awake, but, like, I have dreams every night, and I remember, like, bits and fragments of them, but they're, like, not weird stuff. They're just, like, weird dream things. Like, I'm not sure if my mom, like, told me to do something in real life or if it was a dream. So, I understand why they would not want to listen to a (laughs) five-year-old, because I wouldn't want to listen to me, so. (laughs) No, I hear you. And so they kind of, uh, Linda and the bishop... Her husband have a fight about that um but then the next morning she kind of thinks about it and she goes to the shed where she's like her shed where she's kept the dress that she took from mm-hmm. tobias's who's the one who's dying yeah um she took from his house and she like throws it away because mm-hmm. she like wants to stop suspecting people yeah like all the men of like being murderers mm-hmm. and abusers and all that stuff because that's no way to live your life right but kind of what we wanted to talk about was at the beginning of this chapter during the family dinner, um, Linda kind of like looks around at her sons and like looks at her daughters-in-law and, um, wants to, like, she just starts worrying. Like she like, she's looking for signs that like her daughters are actually happy and like, mm-hmm. aren't just putting on a front. Like she thought that Carrie was happy before Carrie disappeared. Yeah. And she like thinks about how she like raised her sons and if she could have raised them to possibly like be abusive mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And I just thought that was like really interesting because, um, I don't know, like sometimes it's really hard to tell on how much of it is nature versus how much is nurture. Mm-hmm. And I mean like, when people do terrible things like shoot up a sorority house like the parents are always like well, we never suspected anything and right blah 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 and like he was so you know but criminal minds like shows how terrible family lives can encourage people to do bad things mm-hmm. like i don't know i think it's a mix of both we can't place blame on either nurture or nature um yeah it's just yeah it's difficult um I'm sure, like, well, because my mom has, like, talked about other people and their kids and, like, how could they have, like, parented them in such a way that, like, they chose to do this, that, or the other. And I'm, like, I think it really has less to do with the parenting 
and more to do with the character of the kid. Mm-hmm. Because good kids can come out of, like, great parent, like, great parenting mm-hmm. styles. And you, good kids can come out of, like, terrible parenting oh, yeah. situations. Oh, yeah. And a, and a lot of it depends on well, what like, the kid decides to do and how, they, how, they get, how they're going to make, like, what they're going to do with their situation. And, like... Um, and if they're going to, like, carry a chip on their shoulder if they have a bad family life. Or if yeah. they're going to use that to motivate them to be better, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think, like, just for those of you who have siblings, you'll know that you and your siblings are vastly different. But you all grew up in a house whose parenting styles were pretty much the same. Like, obviously, parents might change how they parent individual children to some extent. But for the most part, you got, like, a pretty similar upbringing. But you're super different. Right. Like. That, to me, speaks to the idea that we, like, had personalities before we came to Earth. Like, we we have always been ourselves in this manner. Not to say that, like, evil people were always evil and there was, like, no hope for them. But, I don't know. Just think it, it has a lot to do with who you are intrinsically as a person and as opposed to maybe necessarily right how many, like how old you were when you got potty trained <laughs> so right or you know. how many like after school activities you had or yeah whatever. no um, I, I agree um, sorry i just had like a really bad itch on my nose nope you're okay but it's all good now guys yeah Yay. um yeah i remember like that's like a discussion i've always like wanted to have with my mom but mm-hmm. i haven't like um i like am the way that i am Partially because of, like, how my parents raised me, but then partially because that's, like, the choices that I made. Yeah. Well, good and bad. Mm-hmm. I've made terrible decisions. Oh, yeah. Like, looking back that I wish I hadn't made. But but those pe- those decisions kind of made who you were, right? Right. But this, at the same time, I'm like, I haven't had a child out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And I have never been, like, you know, so drunk that my parents had to, like, pick me up from somewhere. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, those are kind of, like, outward things that... Yeah. You can measure, like, oh, bad children mm-hmm. versus good children, you yeah. know? Yeah. And my my sins, I guess, like, aren't as, you know, out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not there, and that doesn't mean that my, like, parents are inherently, like, better than other parents no. because my sins aren't as visible. No. You know? No. So, yeah, actually, my my mom actually felt ostracized a lot of the time because, like, primary teachers and things like that would be, like, sarcastically, like oh, if, like, nobody else in the, like, in primary knows the answer, just, like, call on, like, kids from my family. Like, we'll know the answer. My parents are like, well, what were we supposed to do? Like, you just naturally, like, like to answer questions. We can't get mad at you for that. So just don't judge anybody on their parenting styles because it can be, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. (laughs) Right. Though you say that, and I, like, believe that, that you shouldn't judge people based on their parenting styles, but I so do. I do, too. I agree. I so do. Because sometimes, like, I know people whose philosophy is to never tell their children no. And I was like, that is asinine. Like, the world will delight in telling them no for the rest of their lives. Like, better get them used to it now. So Right. Like, I would babysit, and I would be like, never. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. I think we can agree that some parenting styles are definitely better than others. Oh, for sure. For sure. Maybe just... Yeah, I don't know. Um, Maybe use time, wise like, judgment as far as parenting right, skills go. Right, I've seen people go like on like extremes, like with not disciplining and then with disciplining, and because I was in a, raised in a very like disciplined 
home. Like, my mom mm-hmm. was the disciplinarian, and I, I was afraid of her, and, like, all of these things. Not, like, afraid that she would, like, beat me no. senseless, but, like, afraid of... No, my mom's next door neighbors. Yeah. Oh, no, my mom's next door neighbors growing up, all of them, all of their kids, except I think for one, have kind of like gone off the deep end, as my mom says. Um, one of the, like, this woman would um, put tape across her son's forehead and like make sure his bangs were even every single day. Wow. Every single day. And he would have to go sit outside on the steps outside to like wait for his, like, the gel to dry in his hair so he wouldn't mess it up. Like, that's how kind of, like, strict they were. And so all of their kids just, like, like, yeah. you know? There there has to be, like, a happy medium. Yeah. And I don't know, recently, and again, because I'm not a parent, I can't, like, say definitively. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me thinks I'm going to turn into my mother, which, good and bad. Yeah, I used to think it would be terrible, and now I don't think it would be as terrible. There are things I'm going to do differently. Right. But, mm-hmm. but part of me thinks that you should just be, like like treats your children like I don't know like any other kind of relationship where um you just try and be like chill together as much as possible mm-hmm. oh my gosh that sounds so California let's just like be chill guys I don't like it when parents try and be their kids friends before they be their parents right right but I think if you've established time, a parent-child like, relationship you can be their friend right like letting your kid like I let my friends know when they've disappointed me mm-hmm. or when I'm like upset yeah um, and I would want to do that yeah. sometime, but then like the other times if things are going well and if you're, that's the thing I think that's sometimes missing is that we don't reward people for doing things right. We only often tell them what they're doing wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, looking back on my childhood, you think about things that you enjoyed and didn't enjoy and mm-hmm. you would apply and you wouldn't but like I've totally seen myself becoming my mom and like the, the way I think about um like roommates mm-hmm. and I love you guys I really really do but like because my mom is so such like a stickler about like having things clean or like the kitchen like when we cleaned it like having things like that way I can mm-hmm. see like that in myself and so I'm like the anxiety like not anxiety but like the the need the, for the things annoyance to yeah. that I feel when people like you know don't pick up something or wipe something down after they've like made a mess I'm like that's not their fault like that's on me you mm-hmm. know like that's because of you know my like standard for myself and like where I come from and I can't like be mad because they're not living up to a standard that they don't have yeah you know yeah no i i understand so 